Uh, my my cat is going to rub on the mic the entire night. I was just telling Dom about it. Is that for the audio? Is that to make it better? Yeah, he, he's like, uh, you know how they you have dead cat like filters that you put over top of your mic? I have right. a live one that just rubs on it. Oh, uh, his hair. you know, you, this is a weird way to introduce our special guest, Paul. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Leica cat. the cat. Leica the sound cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leica did not read the book. He didn't. He, um, he didn't even watch the show either, which is a real jerk move of him. Yeah. What was he, what did he do today? Was what he like cleaning himself? Or? <laughs> well, he went outside for a little bit and sat on the deck and then he cleaned himself and uh, and then he just told me about how he was going to show up and just improve the sound. And like that was his thing that he was bringing to the show. Well, can we play a game of uh, trying to guess when uh, your cat is improving the sound right now? Please, like, please. OK, okay. Um, I'm, it's like psychic reading. I think right now the cat is not on the mic. You're right. He's subdued God. right now. Yes. Are, are you subduing him with pets? Yes, I am. You're, you're very good at this. Both of you. Oh cat's my god! Weaknesses. We're like it's like John Edwards crossing over, but just what's your cat doing right now? <laughs> Come on down to John Edwards crossing over, but your cat, and I'll tell you what's happening. And he's like, uh, "So I'm thinking of your cat. Is your cat name start with a? You, you know what I'm talking about? There, the guy just like guessed uh-huh. things. He's like, I think, um, uh, I think you got a real true TV show on your hands here. Uh, I think your cat is. Uh, you have any windows? Yeah, I have windows. I think he's laying in the sun. Oh, my God. He loves that. You're welcome. That's he's not cat. doing that right now, but he does love doing that. He does love doing that. Your cat's really into windows, and he wants you to know that. He loves windows. Oh, my God. He thank would you, like John you Edwards. To, you saved my like marriage. You open one, I think, maybe sometime. <laughs> oh, I think he's going to the window. Leave. No, no. Oh, no. my God. Licking butthole. Licking butthole right now. If you, could, if you could psychically connect with any animal, though, like, let's say you have the ability to tap into all of a certain animal's, uh, I was going to say race, but I guess breed, what animal would you want to be known? Well, Dom, Dom and I, um, <laughs> we know what a, a cat's interior monologue sounds like. Dom, would you care to, to, to do some of it? Um... I believe it's just, uh, uh, I'm a cat. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just a big old cat. (laughs) So your cat is a blues singer. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, just like a guy in front of a lodge. A a happy blues singer, though. Oh, yeah. I think you're just thinking of the cover to Blues Traveler's first album. Oh, well, he was a cat. Well, was there's it? a cat Hold on the on, cover I gotta right see that. Oh, Please. I see what you're referencing. Um, I thought we were just calling poor John Hopper a cat, but I see what you're saying. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Referencing, referencing that cool, cool cat cover. Oh, yeah, that cat with the sweet shades. I'm looking at him right now. Here, here's a yeah, fun thing cool. about Blues Traveler, which I, I'm not making fun of John Hopper, you know, the main front man who lost a ton of weight recently and somehow I don't care about him as much, is... <laughs> All he was of his cooler when he, when he was, cooler when he was big. Weight. I mean, I'm good yeah. on him, but I think it's really fascinating when you watch all of the music videos. John Hopper is always sitting. Like his whole band will be standing, and then he'll just always be on a couch. Yeah, or he's a, a blues chair. man. He's a blues no, no, man, man. I, it comes across more like John Hopper lacks the ability to stand. <laughs> so wait, I, I hold think, on. Are you Hillary truthering him right now, dude? I think so. I think if you play, if you go to a, a blues traveler concert, the band comes out, and then they awkwardly for about five minutes set up a series of like 
deck chairs. <laughs> and then John Hopper comes out and just sits down on them. And they're like, you know, hey, you know what's going? funny? I actually saw them one time by accident. Um, no, Traveler. you loved you love Blues Traveler. You're a big I, old traveler. They call I, saw, I saw them because I accidentally fell in love with them. Yeah, they're great. I had to see them. Uh, and it was real weird because they, they, they had all the chairs set up, like you said, and he just rolled onto the stage. And then there was a <laughs> there was a Wait. ramp that he went off of. And he had good speed going into this ramp. Do you mean he was in a rolly chair or like the fat kid from Hook? He rolled down the stairs like like the fat kid from Hook, like the weaponized fat man from Hook. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he rolled with such incredible speed that he just took to the air and landed in his chair perfectly. It was amazing. By the way, and he blew the harmonica the whole way. Oh, the whole yeah. Way. oh yeah. He was like... <laughs> he just did scales while he was spinning the whole time. Yeah. By, by the way... Yeah, it was just like a real nice uh, cartoon sound effect. <laughs> real talk, when was the last time you guys watched Hook, by the way? Recently, in like the past three years. Uh, uh, ten years. I, so. I watched it recently to recapture that sweet, sweet nostalgia, and I had forgotten that when the Lost Boys fight back, this yeah. is like recent I watched I've been wanting to talk to someone about it, so it's right. good we it's good I brought it up. Uh like they all of their things they do for the pirates are not good weapons. Like no. yes, fat kid <laughs> fat kid rolling down the stairs, I can see it knocking over some pirates. But then there's like the whole like, all right, fruit battalion, go, and then they fire eggs and fruit at pirates. And the Who, pirates get fucked up by it too somehow. Well they're like, oh, and they wipe it out of their face, but then there's not the next preceding shot, which is them uh-huh. stabbing all of the children, <laughs> right, like right. like mildly inconvenienced, just running them all through with their swords. Even as a young child who was greatly amused by that scene, I knew that there was gonna be hell to pay when when the eggs were wiped off the faces. <laughs> like there's another scene where you just see the massacre of the kids. Yeah, when they just Rufio Rufio gets stabbed, right? Oh, Rufio he does in his stomach. So these pirates are out for blood. But Rufio actually sword fought, and then somehow all of the egg patrol made it through. Yeah, they're best well, they sword went long fighter. range. They went for distance, you oh, know. They knew, they, knew yeah. they were little children. Rufio was the dude who was like, "I'm like an adult. I can skateboard." You, I can was skateboard. it like a was it like a like a mafia thing, Dom? Where like there's there was like an agreement that no children <laughs> would be stabbed, but but Rufio was an adult, so he was allowed to be stabbed. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. They were like, "Okay, we can kill this one." He's kind of a little <laughs> shit. Well, anyway. you know, you know, the worst part about that all is that, is that that rule applies for the pirates, but not for the Lost Boys. And there was right. that one, there was that one little kid that like felt Peter Pan's face. That yeah. kid was bloodthirsty, and he would slice every pirate's throat, and they couldn't do anything about it. He oh, was just fuck like, yeah, there's I, a deleted scene of him just dumping the bodies after the fights and over. They can't he's stop just pushing him. them into the water. They're like, he's a little I, kid. He's <laughs> laughing, like, viciously. <laughs> <laughs> I just like that the reality of that film is that Robin Williams, a grown man, leads an army of children uh, to be murdered. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, he doesn't, he, I mean, he's sad that Rufio is dead, but he never does he look inward and go, would this boy be alive if I never showed up? Because <laughs> that's the truth of it. Everything if he never okay. came back, Rufio would he be living. He uses an army of children to fight bloodthirsty maniacs that rob and pillage for a living to get his son back because he has a shitty relationship with him. That's yes. his fault. Yeah, yes. he wouldn't go to a goddamn baseball game once. Well, Maybe if he went to one baseball game, Rufio would be alive right now. God hmm. damn it, go to a baseball game. Here, here, the really, the really heartworked the really heart wrenching shot though, I think is as Peter gets his boy back, um, Jack, you know, which is a weird setup prequel to the other movie. Rob Williams is in Jack. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> it's a weird crossover multiverse thing. He, he pulls him out and he just a shot where he looks back down at the boat 
And Captain Hook is like, I'll get you next time, Peter Pan. And you just see dead kids all around him, like just just <laughs> littered. And Peter's like, oh, no. Oh, oh, my. The life oh my. of one for the life of many. I don't know. I better age backwards now. <laughs> I heard he went back. He went back to that magical tree and he just said, mm, I don't want to live anymore. Make me a bicentennial man. <laughs> <laughs> Make my skin a metal. And then, that, and then, one hour photo is the final of of final movie of his of his series where of he's the black trilogy, the black, the black trilogy, trilogy <laughs> where he's playing the desiccated husk of a man who has been who has committed all of these atrocities. Yeah, he finally shed his metal armor, his metal skin, and it really disfigured his skin. Yeah. And now he looks like a decrepit old man. Yeah, he's basically if Darth Vader survived taking Darth Vader suit off. Yeah, oh, that's what yes. he was. That's what he is in one hour photo. Okay, so it goes hook, <laughs> bicentennial man, one hour photo. That's and, true. Where does Miss Doubtfire go in there? Is that a different universe? Well, Jack Jack is a parallel timeline that I think oh. leads into Mrs. Doubtfire. Okay, so, so yeah. what you were talking about here is like the Legend of Zelda split timeline. Yes, yes. It's where if the hero of Hyrule is turned back into a child or not. Right, yeah. Jack that's has it. right, and and because he's such a big video game fan, that's what inspired it, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. He's, he set this all up with the Hollywood studio system to make this okay. happen. So Mrs. Doubtfire is like the Wind Waker spirit tracks uh, world timeline. Right, right. It has profound yes. impacts on, on the continuity. Man, but these it, deep, deep Legend of Zelda, Robin Williams crossover cuts. Boy, oh boy, do we find a real <laughs> niche audience and just really hit them home with not that great jokes. Who's listening to this show right now? Who, who is? What's going on? I, <laughs> I hope they like this, whatever this is that we're doing. No, what if Rob Williams is in the Zelda universe, guys, huh? What about that? What about- uh, he's in the World of Warcraft universe. Wait, what? Yeah. yeah. They dedicated a whole little homage to him. Did he do one of those like World of Warcraft commercials? No, it was when he no, died, right? No, he did nothing for the game. He played it a bit, <laughs> and then so they put like three references to his career hidden in the game oh, it's not really hidden and one is one it, is a bicentennial man reference and one is a yes yes one's a jack reference one's a hook reference uh no yeah they, they i mean they, it was it was kind of really shitty because it's just like uh kind of a marketing ploy like they were like hey everybody robin williams is in world of warcraft now his was it after he died forever. or was it was it yeah it was it was to pay homage to him after he died gotcha but i mean he played it but i mean you know, it's really just a way to get an article written about your video game. <laughs> My God. So cynical of you, Tom. It's true. It's true. It's very true. Mm. Like what tie to world? Of, did he do a voice in it? No. Did, no. did he come on as a consultant for any of the World of Warcraft games? No. But let's talk about bees. I, <laughs> fucking bees, though, dude. The 90s. Killer bees quick, on though, the swarm. Real oh, quick. Ahead, this is my sorry. last one. Testament. If I pass away, put me in Toe Jam and Earl. We will do. Uh, we will do that. Chad, Put me in Toe Jam and Earl. I I don't know, Chad. I don't know. What? I'm gonna Have make it. Ha- Toe Jam and Earl three. Make me like on one of those cool Funkatron guys who comes by, and I'm like, whoa, you're mustard and you're ketchup. I don't know what that means. <laughs> you ju- you are just looking at the front of the game, the no, cover of the game. You never thought Earl Toe Jam and Earl. You never thought Toe Jam and Earl were mustard and ketchup. A little bit, because he's holding a hot dog on the cover. I thought that was like a deep metaphor for condiments or something. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, kind of. He kind of looks like a hot dog. Uh, Hey, you know another good condiment? Honey. 
Honey. Oh, that is a good condiment. Honey. You know what I would love right now? A peanut butter and honey sandwich. I wouldn't turn my my mom down on that sandwich right now. Only there was a book. I'm not going to turn that down ever. If only there was a book that talked about peanut butter and honey sandwiches. Gary Lutz is a fool. (laughs) Okay, let's just talk about beasts. Okay, let's talk about why I'm afraid of bees. Why I'm afraid of bees. Uh, A.K.A. this title has nothing to do with what the book's about. Uh, uh, Not really. It's actually why I'm not afraid of bees would be a better title for it. That's a a more accurate description. How I learned to not be afraid of bees. Yes, give it the Kubrick line. You know, it should be it should be. uh, Dr. Carmen, or How I Learned Not to Be Afraid of Bees. Yes, thank That's you. That's what it should be. There thank it you, is. Paul. So this is, this is a weird book we're talking about today. Welcome to, welcome to Goosebuds, by the way, if this is somehow welcome. your first episode. Welcome we, to Goosebuds. Remember, remember how we just never think about how anyone might be discovering this podcast on yeah. iTunes and just going like, well, I'll give it a shot. It's like a the cold splash Ahead, Chances no. are, if you don't like what we just talked about, you're not going to like the show. Yeah, you should just give up now. It's not going to get any better. Oh, my God. If you don't like us at our worst, you can't handle us at our best. That's our that's our log line. So uh, was that our worst or our best? I don't even know. I don't I think even it was know both anymore. at the same time. I kind of black nah. out. Uh, we're, we're a show <laughs> about Goosebump books, and I don't. we don't need to set it up. Yeah, you're right. We're people you understand what's they'll going fig- on. They'll figure it out. It's they'll pretty figure, simple. <laughs> they'll figure it out with all our talk. I <laughs> I, I just want to say like opening thoughts on this book. Okay, yeah, okay. Paul, you have to go first. Paul. I have an opening thought because I read the first line of this book and I'm gonna read it right now. Please. If you're afraid of bees, I have to warn you, there are a lot of bees in this story. In <laughs> fact, there are hundreds. Okay. He he said yep. that statement and I was like, that's supposed to really that's supposed to scare the pants off me for this. So I did a little Googling. Little Google, yeah, yeah. Found out how many bees are in a nest. Upwards of sixty thousand bees in one nest. Yeah, I thought that number was really small. (laughs) I thought that was a really low estimate of bees in this book. In my life, I have been around two beehives that have been stepped on. So in my real boring life, I've encountered more bees than are in this book. Well, (laughs) maybe this is what he meant. Maybe he meant bees that are main characters, (laughs) like featured players. Feature bees. Feature bees, yes. Right, feature bees. Feature. All I'm saying is, look, there's no, there was no internet for R.L. Stein to do a little Google <laughs> like I did. Get out that Encarta 95, R.L. I know you got it on your desk well, right there. No, I think he did do research on this one. This is the, this book has so He knew so a lot m- about bees. This book has so many random bee facts that have nothing <laughs> to do with what's going on in the story. I didn't I, write down I didn't write down the name of the bee book. What's the bee book he oh, references? I, I think it's just the, the big book of bees. I think <laughs> that's what it's called. Yeah, I'm bees. pretty sure that's what it Give is. Give it to your son when you don't know anything about him for Christmas. But I think I he had so many facts <laughs> that I thought maybe he got like a stipend by Big Bee Industry to like just talk about right. bees. Well, the 90s were like real bee heavy. Remember that? What? Yeah. The killer not, bees. Killer bees were big. And then the Wu-Tang Clan, because of killer bees, they thought that sounded really cool. Made a whole song about it. And they made which a video. It did, which and it, it was, really, it was cool. really cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Do they dress up like bees in it? Yeah. No, they don't. I'm pretty sure that they fly on the side of a building in that. 
music video. Someone may transform into a bee. Woots, hold on. Oh, that, that's my favorite rap trope, by the way, is the rapper turning into whatever animal is cool at the time. I mean, Snoop Dogg is turned I don't think, into... I, don't think, I just got to stop you right there. I don't think that's a rap trope. I think that's one. That's just Snoop Dogg. No, uh, I'll list a few other ones. Wu-Tang Clan is a bees. My favorite one is LL Cool J into a shark for the song Deepest Bluest. Well, okay, yeah, that my hand is well, like a shark's I mean, I mean come on. I mean, that makes the video so much better. Oh, it's great. When he turns into a shark and everyone from the, music, the actual movie of Deep Lucy is staring at him in the music video, it's great. It's good. Uh, That's a good video. I was wrong <laughs> that Killer Bees, Killer Bees is not where they are on the side of the building. I can't I, remember what one. <laughs> I had not seen the video. I was I was picturing the corniest, like the old Batman 66, where they're just climbing up the side of the building, but clearly it's just the camera on its side. <laughs> I was picturing like ODB in a bee costume rapping at the camera, and I was so excited for it. I'm sorry I failed you. That's I'm sorry right. Wu-Tang failed you first, and then I failed you with the follow-up. Okay. But this book has a Let's lot just, of beef facts. It really Let's does. Let's just give a quick rundown of Gary Lutz, guys. Please, what do you say? Why please. don't we introduce Gary Lutz to everyone? In this book, Gary Lutz, he tells you he's afraid of bees. What happens to Gary in the course of just the first few pages? Well, uh, he's, uh, he's truly he, a Lutz. He gets railroaded over and over again. He does. Here's a, here's a list of events that happens to Gary Lutz. First thing he, that's going on, he's reading comic books back in his backyard, and uh, his neighbor, an adult man, scares him <laughs> with bees. Well, uh, first, then, the first action that Gary Lutz performs is creeping on a guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he does creep. He does creep to see what the what kind of a commotion is going on, because his neighbor is a beekeeper, and he can hear a buzz, and it bothers him, so he goes and peeks over the fence and he's spooked he gets scared by an he, adult man he gets spooked and i want to point this out because i don't want to step on your list too much because he does get railroaded a bunch right but there's a weird thing set up in that moment where mr andretti is like hey stop spying on me stop looking at me i think any person in this country who has a beekeeper they want people to look you don't be a beekeeper and want a solitary life you want it's people a- to check you out it's a oh, show yeah, craft, definitely. yeah, without a doubt. They're, they're the guys who walk around on a main street with a snake. They want people to look at them. There are some beekeepers that wear no clothes, and then they have their bees make their clothes. <laughs> like, they, they form on their body. Bee, bee shorts. It's called bee shorten. It's called what's bee it? shorten. Uh, Wait, what's it called? Uh, bee shorten. Shorten? Bee shorten? Bee shorten, yeah, putting them bee shorts on. Like the, anyway. Oh, oh, okay, uh, sure, okay. <laughs> Uh, uh, so uh, his adult neighbor scares him and then he's, uh, embarrassed at the playground because he, he, he's feeling real sad for himself, right? He goes inside, he goes, you know what? I'm going to go to the playground and swing on the swings alone. He shows up and people are playing baseball. So he is not only picked last, but then argued over which team he has to go to. And there's a special rule for him too, Dom. What? Oh yes, he has four strikes. He 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 he's got. He's not good. He's, he's not handicapped. good at baseball. And uh, and so he he's an easy out. Everybody laughs at him. He leaves on his way home. He gets beat up by three bullies who love beating him up and beating up beat him up almost every day. Apparently, yes. and then uh, he gets home. And his mom drops an like drops a diss on him. His mom freaking disses him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, and you're skipping. And you're skipping here. a detail. On the way home, he sees a girl he has a crush on. He tries to act cool and ride his bike with his hands off his handlebars with his arms crossed, which I didn't know was cool. And he I flips wish his I had hat known backward. That. He flips, flips his hat backward. Does, too. That does. That does happen. That happens after his mom. This that may have been 
like that his mother's diss may have been so powerful that it forced him to do that <laughs> right because this is what happens hi gary my mom said to me you want to help us make peanut butter cookies no thanks i said but i'll lick the bowl for you later Oh, wait, no, this wasn't, okay, that wasn't the screenshot I took of uh, his mom dropping a diss on him. That was him being a piece of shit. That was him just being a piece of shit. Well, well, yeah, I did did think that was shitty of him. Well, here's here's the thing. I think Gary is kind of a cool kid because he starts out because he likes reading comic books. So immediately I'm like, I feel bad for the guy at least. But Uh, it got, I, I have some personal history. I remember this book. I remember reading this book. It's one of the ones that I actually remember reading as a kid. And I connected with this guy in yeah. that sense. Like, in a lot of ways. I was like, video games, you're cool. Comic books, you're cool. Look, people just don't get you, man. I get it. Oh, yeah. He plays, like, adventure, like, probably old 90s text adventure games. Yeah, man. This kid is getting... Yeah, what is it? Like, Monstro? Monstro. Yeah, Monstro. Like Planet yeah, Monstro. And the physics of the game are not well laid out. Because you're traveling the moons, but you're a guy, you're a guy with a sword. You're a barbarian with a sword. Uh, the barbarian. It's like heavy metal. It's just like whatever okay. we want to put he, on the page. There's girls with boobs. Yeah, he hops onto a space pterodactyl that takes him to a moon. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, here's the thing. By the way, I love RL's video game ideas. That They're whole fantastic. page. There's like the whole. There's a whole page where he goes onto his like internet message board. Uh-huh. Some people around the country are also playing this game. Where it, where it feels like there's like a hundred people in the whole country playing this game. That's how great the old internet was. Mm-hmm. And like. You're hearing other excerpts from other video games. I just love to think about RL making all of those, like just actually programming. Yeah. Uh, one where you, you fight an alien by inflating your spacesuit. What's that game about? Uh, dude, he had some he had some shit going on. Here's the thing. He makes stuff up all the time, but then he'll yes. drop some real knowledge like like Star Trek. But he was he was saying taco chips the whole time. And you knew those were Doritos because there weren't no taco oh, chips around back then. Is that what that is? Yeah. But why is he not giving us Doritos? But he's saying Star Trek. Was he holding out for like a little bit of like an endorsement, well, you know, or something? Uh, here's the thing. I think RL is the type of guy to go to like an Aldi's and get like the, the off brand stuff all the time. Not cause he's poor, but because it's sensible. I think uh-huh. like he's that type of guy. So he doesn't even know what Doritos is. His kids eat Malto meal. You know, they eat that. <laughs> it eats, he eats the like zero. What's, the, what's those Oreos called? Like Xerox or whatever. Hydrox, which are the original Hy- Oreos. Actually. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. They're or, terrible. Yeah. yeah. They're fucking terrible. But, okay, family. but I do They're feel actually, for this kid. Hey, if you're, if you like Oreos and you don't have any, they ain't so bad, guys. <laughs> they ain't so bad. But this kid, you do feel bad for him. And and I thought this was a nice detail is, like, he's just getting stomped on over and over and over again. I actually wanted another time for him to get stomped. Like, when he rides his bike by the girls that he likes, I honestly expected them to just deck him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's just hated that much that they just completely just can't stand him. But I like that the catalyst of the of the of the book. The catalyst of the book is that it's a place for people who want to get away from their lives, but it's smartly put on the internet message board. Like that's real good advertising kids who are playing nineties text adventure games. Right, because yeah, they were they knew where their market was. They knew their demo. That's that's the girls gone wild late night on Comedy Central right. ads. Uh, <laughs> right. Like we we know who's watching this. We know what our demo is. Right. I mean, the description of what happens uh, is kind of very scary. It kind of really irked me and made me feel filthy for reading the book. He goes on to an electronic message board. <laughs> yes, he sees an ad. For that's advertising to uh, switch 
places with someone, yeah. switch switch bodies with somebody. Mm-hmm. And uh, he responds to it. He goes, okay, I'm going to go do that. Yeah. And he goes to some place on Roach Street. <laughs> it's called Roach Street. <laughs> and he goes into some woman's apartment who uh, is like, yeah, you can switch bodies with somebody. And he gets second thoughts about it, and he decides to leave. But before he decides to leave, he gets to look at a book of pictures of little boys and girls in the neighborhood. <laughs> and then he has and then he has his photo taken for the book. Oh yeah, that it is pretty gross. Felt so 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 gross reading that. <laughs> it was like this is uh abduction. That's well, what okay. this is here. And 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 the point is that again, yes, the book just suddenly goes other it's been talking about like for six chapters about bees. You as yeah. a you as a reader going, I get it. It's about bees. Bees suck. Mr. Mr. Andretti, my neighbor, keeps throwing bees at me. By the way, he seems like he's throwing bees. At him. Yeah, he's got. So, he's they're weaponized. Yeah, like, he has like the fat kid from Hook. They're weaponized. Yes. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, it goes total recall. It's crazy on how this <laughs> concept could go anywhere. And there are so thought, many ideas you could well, do. With it's it. I thought it was cool. going to end book, like. Sorry, go ahead. I Don. thought it was going to end like total recall in the sense that like we would get like some kind of crazy ending where yes. you know it kind of didn't occur. Uh huh. Um, but no, it's real. It really no, so, happened. Yeah. So the the. the I could not stop thinking about the system for people to people vacation LLC, which seems to be it's not even like hidden, though. That's the crazy thing. Like they plan to underplay it like it's in a small building, but it's not like it's a secret organization. You could just go and there are no rules. It seems like on age limit because they're letting 12 year olds do this. Right. Like this is a 25 and over at least. I believe I believe she makes a point to say that oh our our system is very popular for little boys and girls. Your right. Age. And I don't want to get gross, but you know there's some skeezy dude coming in there going, I want to be a little girl. And like, right. like oh, right. gross, gross. That that was the other thing that made me a little uncomfortable is that uh, she made a point to say that sometimes little boys like to become little girls. Hey, did she say that? Girl that I thought that was progressive. I actually I like that. interesting. Did she say that? Yeah, she says that like you can boys can become girls if they want to. Now yeah, on concept, now on concept, it's like yeah, you shouldn't go into you shouldn't go into another person's body. Period. But right. you definitely shouldn't <laughs> be going into having the option to go into a little girl's body. You know, we're right on the precipice of a really, really in-depth political conversation no, right now. Exactly. No, it's, there's like, there's so much story potential that I've never seen or ever thought I would hear in a Goosebumps book in terms of like gender identity and just like understanding other people. Like this whole book could, could have literally been about like understanding someone else by being in their shoes. It is a general sci-fi concept that is cool and it's used to put a boy in a bee's body. Like, it's, okay, it's so here's what I'm going to say. I, I thought this book was actually one of the better ones that we've read. Oh, honestly. yes. Yes. Uh, it's, yeah, honestly. It's, it's, it's solid. It's a solid book. But I do think we should go through what happens and finish it up because I do think there was a cooler story there, a oh, scarier sure. story there well, that, yeah, he and, didn't, that he didn't do. And, and just to and reflect on the, so the, the, the system, because I think the system of how you rent a person – uh-huh. is very fascinating. It's like a match system where you have to find someone. They have to, like, both people have to agree to go in the other person's body, which sounds it's, like a logistical matchmaking nightmare. It's a Tinder. It's a Tinder situation here. It's, it's a double situation. positive. You I first it. thought yeah. they were going to do like a shell game where like person A goes into B, B goes into C, C goes into right. A, and they just kind of like all rotate. Cause right. 
it feels weird to know that the other person you're in is in your body. It somehow feels better if you're like, well, I don't really know this other person that's going to come. Like you can feel more, I feel more comfortable, for example, Paul in your body. If I knew mm-hmm. that you were going into Dom's body than in mine. Wait, somehow why? That, I don't know. I just feels like, <laughs> I, I guess cause there'd be more of a like exchange of like different ideas. And then I know that you're not going to like, come find me just like eating a bunch of ice cream in your body and going like, well, fuck this guy. I'm going to, I'm going to abuse his body right, right back. Like, cause I got doing- you. There's like a, there's like a, a mutually assured destruction amongst three people. Well, there's more mutually assured destruction amongst two people, but three people, you might get one person that's like, Hey, I don't want to be a part of that. Yes. Yes. Gotcha. You might be able to break the cycle a little right. bit. I don't, I, right. I thought a lot about this. Right. Uh, right. And it's again, scary I- ideas. Scary. I saw Real Paul scary. eat one of my boogers. I'm gonna fuck his couch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that kind of happens in this book. Yeah. But anyway, let's go. Let's go. Let's go through the beats of the book, right? Okay, let's, yeah. go, let's say what happens. So, well, so he signs yeah. up for the service, right? But then uh, he has a second thoughts. He goes home, and then something shitty happens to him. He gets beat up he again. Gets beat up again. Is it beat up again? That's right. Yeah. And then he says, I'm going to go back tomorrow, but he can't go back tomorrow. It's, uh, it's not said, but he does say, I'm going to go back tomorrow. And then days later, he goes back because he's so beat up. Right. Anyway. Which is a weird detail because so they already so had established back. that they'll call him. Like, there was no need for him to go back. He, it, isn't, it isn't until that Miss whatever, Carmen, the girl Dr. running Carmen, it. Yeah. Dr. Carmen, yeah. Dr. Carmen. Calls him. And by the way. Ms. Colerman calls him and says, like, oh, hey, your match has been made. Uh, we can start right now. Maybe I was just already in this weird mindset. But reading the description of Ms. Carmen saying, I'm going to come over to your house right now and, and brain transfer you. It read like every Internet description I've ever read of an awkward person hiring a prostitute for the first time. <laughs> like if, if you ever go to like there's a Reddit thread, ask Reddit thread like once a month of has anyone ever hired a prostitute. And this was like verbatim their stories of like I was really sweaty and nervous and I didn't know what I should do. And she was there at the door. She seemed really confident, but I could barely like contain myself. It just it was just all felt like he hired a stripper. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so yeah. he so she comes over and they're going to do the transfer, but uh, the but back the, door is yeah, open. The door's open. Uh, God, Mr. Andretti's bees are buzzing all over, and uh, one of them gets into the machine, and when she does the transfer, he accidentally goes into the bee's body. The bee goes into Dirk Davis, the cool kid who can skateboard, who he, who he's planning and, and to this, go and into. And this is a body. reveal that's very obvious from the beginning, but they play it off like a reveal at the end of the book. Uh, well, oh, oh, so, the, so, yeah, that, that the bee, ha- the, the bee. bee's mind is, yeah, like he, that's a beat in the story is that he goes to the kids, to Dirk's house to like see what's going on and then finds out that he's the bee. And it's like, you didn't figure that out, that Dirk was you and you were the bee and the bee was Dirk. You yeah, didn't. The, and let me ask you guys. How He's you, pretty, Gary Lutz is pretty stupid for how smart he is. He is pretty dumb, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, by the way, I want to point this out. Speaking of, the logic over and over of why body swaps happen and what they think are going to happen in bodies, I know they're kids, but RL should know better on how a person and their mind and maybe if you want to get spiritual, their soul would work. Like, they say, well, so why would this dirt kid want to be in my body, he asks. And he's like, oh, because he wants not your body, he wants your brain. Because he's going right. to take some math tests. How would that work? Like, how would that <laughs> one? What does that mean? Are you do you take on their intelligence when you get teleported? No, I don't think so. And then B, what is is Dirk going to go into? No, his no, no, school? no, no. Dirk was go, he wanted 
Gary in his body so that Gary would be doing his math tests for him. Oh, is that the plan? That, that makes sense. Plan. That yeah. makes more sense. He made it sound like he wanted you for your brain and want like that's kind of shitty. He's saying take a bunch of tests for me. I thought he was going to go like, well, I'm in the smart kid's body, therefore I know math. That's no, what Dirk I thought his want, plan Dirk was. Dirk was just trying to get some some random while he was while the other <laughs> while Gary was taking care of his tests for him. <laughs> he did. He just went out and just hit on every girl. Yeah, man. Well, but why? that's the thing. Well, that's the thing, Chad, because that logic comes back. But let's get to that. Let's no, get yeah. to that. Well, so they they, sw- they swap bodies. B's in Dirk's body. Dirk's in Gary's body, and Gary's in the B's body. And G- the first thing Gary tries to do is he tries to communicate with the people around him by talking. But he's so tiny, none of them can hear his voice. Right. So he continues to try to talk to people up until the end of the book. And, and by um, the way, important, each time, I say, each it time saying like he could uh, talk, it's not working. He was just, sorry, let me say again. It sounds like he could talk. He was just small. Not that like, right. it, it made me wonder if he actually had the head like the cover of the book. Because uh-huh. like how if he if he has a bee's head, there's no way he can communicate unless right. he has a we- and, but he gives one that other bees kept staring at him and wanted to fight him. Which makes me wonder if he just had a human boy face on his face. The no, whole time. he didn't because he had that tongue. Remember, there's he keeps no talking way about he can be able tongue. to talk. Yeah, no, it, it doesn't make sense. But okay, that's but, that's yeah. a goosebump for you. That wasn't in the big book of bees. Uh, that fact. That's a goosebump <laughs> on your brain, Chad. <laughs> I guess we've never tried to see if a bee could speak human language. We haven't. We haven't tried hard enough yet. Uh, but anyway, anyway, he he. So so they all change bodies. He's trying to get back into his own body, trying to get Miss Carmen, Dr. Carmen, to transfer him back. He has the bee um, adventure where he gets stuck with the bees for a while, which is the, probably which one did, of the more interesting parts of the book. I thought it was so boring. I was like, let's get, let's get over this. Oh, when let's, he was let's flying around, yeah. It was long. Yeah, when he's like, when he keeps like flying around, like, something I feel was like, happening. But like the thing about the, those B moments is that much like his logic of trying to speak to people once he ar- has already realized that he can't speak to people, right? Like he just keeps, keeps just trying. running into a wall over and over again until finally somehow he gets out. Well, like he, it just by accident. Yeah, his, his the main the middle part of the book. As fun as this is, the middle part of the book is I keep trying to talk to people. There's a cliffhanger where I think someone can hear me. They can't. Spoilers right. at the end of the next cliffhanger. And then he'll constantly keep saying how tired he is. Like, for some reason, the life of a bee, according to Gary, is constantly being tired. He would just not stop talking about, like, I just flew a little bit. And boy, was I tired. I started to fall asleep. Right. I'm a bee. I'm a bee. I think I'm a bee. Uh, I woke up again. Okay. And then it'll just be over and over and over again. Yeah. Right. It was, I, found, I found the middle of this book to be very repetitive. It However, was. It was. It was lengthened out. It was padded for sure. Uh, however, he finally gets to, to, to communicate with, uh, I believe Carmen. he tossed to Dr. Carmen first and then Gary, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, he gets, he gets to Carmen and, and she basically, because, so he can talk cause he lands on a tiny, he lands on a microphone mm-hmm. and so she can hear him. And I want to know how you guys feel about Carmen's response. She is weirdly not at all upset about this. And upset well, at the she same knew, time. She knew because she was like, oh, yeah, that Dirk boy's been acting real weird. <laughs> which, is, yeah. <laughs> which means that she's been paying it. Like, she's been kind of spying on them. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that's because I, she hasn't checked up on Gary. Yeah. That's and what it I also says strange. something. It also says something about Dirk that, like, he could just be a bee. 
and his parents would still be kind of okay with it. Yeah, they should have gone crazier with that, by the way. Like, it is actually kind of unsettling to think about a bee's mind in a human's body. I thought I thought they should have made him, like, creepy or trying to, like, sting him or something. Super whatever. aggressive. Yeah, Super like, aggressive. real aggressive. That would actually made it really terrifying. But instead, he's just, like, a hippie who likes to smell flowers. Right. I think it's weird that she checks, she checks on him and goes to Dirk's house, and he's going, hum, hum. Hum, right. hum, hum, flower, flower, flower. And she goes, huh, I guess that's what that Gary kid's into. Right. Huh. This Gary, this this is weird. Dirk's acting all weird. Why is that? I guess mm. this Gary kid just likes flowers. And then uh, he's like, change us back. Go ahead and change us back, Carmen. Fix this. And she goes, oh, gosh, I don't, I mean, this. I, that there is no way. And then she leaves and closes the door yeah, on and, him. And I don't, I don't like, leaves important, him in the office. Before she leaves, he says, like, a policy thing that has never been brought up. That if Dirk doesn't want to leave the body, she can't make him. Yeah, you think that'd be a loophole they would have tried to figure out first. You think that'd be a loophole. And at the very least, if there's some sort of mental block that you could put yourself up before getting mind swapped, she could have said, well, hey, at the very least, I'm going to go get Dirk and I'm going to bring him over here. I'm going to mind swap you guys again. Like, I'll yeah. at least put you in the kids that you're supposed to be in's body right, so you don't right. die. And she's right. like, ah, I can't be bothered. I got like, I got a show to go to at seven. Hey, it's the uh, freaking weekend, baby. She's got to get out. Uh, whatever yeah. you're being, good, good day to you, sir. And it's like, this is so crazy that she just leaves she just, with that. She, she just leaves. So he goes back to his own body, which Dirk is in. So he goes and visits Gary. He can communicate with him. And uh, Gary goes, uh, yeah, no, I'm not leaving your body. I don't like my life. I like your life. I like your family. And I'm just going to keep it. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny because like they, there's some weird like pseudoscience that Arl Stein throws in there where he's like, I guess some bee DNA came through with me, and I oh can hear all kinds God, of bugs right that, now. That part was nuts. Uh huh. Like I can hear all sorts of bugs. The bugs speak to me now. But <sighs> I just wish he would have called it BNA. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> that part. That's pretty good. But that whole part <laughs> is strange. If you had, all right, let's just analyze it from a story selling point. If if he hadn't talked to Carmen already as a human. Like, I wouldn't have questioned why another human could hear him if he just listens. Like, if you're just, right. you know, quiet. But that whole beat of, I guess there's some bee DNA in me now that lets me hear bees only means, only works if the plot point had been that when he talks, there's a little buzz sound. Like, right. he could talk to bees as opposed to just hearing a little tiny person. Right. Mm-hmm. It's It was such a crazy, just like, RL, just going, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why he hears him. Um... D B B D N A. This science is weird. B N A. B N A. So, so he 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 uh, he refuses, and uh, Gary in his B body is pretty upset. He doesn't know what to do. So he he calls up his B friends, and he tries to put the hit out on them. Yeah, he, he rolls like, some bees. He rolls up with a crew. Yeah, yeah. And there's and there's and, some missed opportunities there, by the way, too. Like, yeah, I feel like you could have been a little bit more creative. Gary with well, your uh, attack plan and you've established that this whole time that Mr. Uh, what's his name Maserati Mr. Andretti is like this antagonist who, who keeps all the bees and seems to antagonize you know so and so I think there was a missed opportunity not having like who always brags by the way of like the bees listen to whatever I say right, it would have been a right. really nice satisfying moment if he had like flown to the beehive and like communicated the bees and made them not listen to him yeah the like only reason you. 
the only reason Andretti is there is for them to have an excuse for there to be a bees like hive right next to his house. Yeah, and that's kind of weird because you don't need that. Like it could have just been. I mean, he's what he's doing with his story is doing the fly, right? He's doing Total right. Recall meets the fly. There happens to be a random fly. I would have believed that there was a random bee in the house without there being a beekeeper neighbor. Yeah, it's summer. I get it. You know, <laughs> bees are out. Yeah, bees. Th- bees but are there. Needed, yeah. But you needed that out to have his bee army to ki- to well, control yeah, a bee we'll army to, to attack a boy in his own. We'll body. just have him go to a normal hive. Yeah, and by the way, I, did he say? Uh, did Dick or whatever his name is, Dirk? Dirk. Yeah. Dirk, did Dirk say he hated his life? No, he yeah, just said he was he, basically. He he said he didn't like it. He did. He did was he? tired of it, and he wasn't going to go back. Yeah. I, I, I thought, thought he liked. I think he liked. Gary's life more. He was like, yeah. your parents are cool. Your sister's cool. I think he liked his sister, There's, which was real gross. Cause it's, yeah. 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 There's another missed opportunity too. in in terms of like, I wish when Gary had gone to Dirk's house and Dirk B is just yummy humming around, you should have seen that Dirk's life sucked. Like uh-huh. the cliche thing should have been like Dirk having an alcoholic father. Who's like, God damn piece of shit in the backyard. Just buzzing around. Uh-huh. Come in here. And you're like, Oh, I got my Dirk. Wanted to get away from this. Like, right. And now he's stuck. Now his d- asshole dad stuck with a B son. This is great. It sounds like maybe that part was written. Cause it's pretty implied, but it must've got cut. Cause it was just too real for scholastic. Children. <laughs> it's too real right. for scholastic to handle. Right. So, so, he, um, so he he attacks him. Gary isn't still isn't afraid of the bee attack. So, uh, get, or sorry, Dirk is still not afraid of the bee attack. So Gary goes uh, full thermonuclear nuclear and uh, and st- and stings him. When we all know as kids, we knew, and it's mentioned early in the book that a sting is a death sentence. He for says a bee. multiple times. Like I I would think if you're a kid who's now turning to be, your constant thought is don't sting, don't sting, don't sting. Right, and he has a couple moments where he thinks about it. Yeah, he's like, I should do it. God, it feels so good. I, by the way, this is basically doing what Animorphs did, but not as good. Like every uh-huh. Animorphs book, the really interesting ones were whenever the animal with a strong instinct was they were fighting that. Like, you know, the right. most horrifying one is when they turn into ants and they can't stop feeling like they, they belong to the hive as they transform. There's right. like a little bit of this here where Gary's fighting his bee instinct, but yep. it honestly comes across more like Gary's just dumb. Right, right, exactly. But he goes and stings them. And he gets tired again, and then he he dies. We assume, and then he wakes up as a boy again. So yeah. something happened. I yeah. guess you can just commit suicide and get out of it. What, what get was the solution? Sky out of it. I don't what know. What was the solution to that? They never really explained why that happened. I, it's kind of really dark. I mean, I guess the logic of it that we that we that we can gather from what happens because they never explicitly say why it happens is that if I change bodies with Paul, if I kill Paul, I get back in my own body. Looks like Paul committed suicide, guys. No big deal. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So you're saying? So wait. So Dirk goes back, though, right? So Dirk, yeah, so, Dirk so, swaps so, back into so his. So the bee dies. So if you, if you change bodies with somebody and one of the persons, one of the people die, then you get back into your own body. Like all the all the bodies are switched they, back. They didn't so even three say people that. change. Yeah, they didn't even say that. But it's the only plausible explanation that it's like yeah. Inception rules. If you die in the dream, you might come out. Right. Okay. I, I yeah. There's it. it honestly, feels like maybe, they didn't know. 
it made me really sad because when he visits the bee, the bee is sweet to Gary. He's nice to him. He's, he's, he's very like, happy. Hey, come here. He's like, come here, come check out this flower. I love it. And he's like, he sniffs it and he doesn't know how to use a human's body. And he's like, got pollen all over his face. Yeah. And he's like, oh, that's cute. Hey, man, be right back. Got to go commit your suicide. Because <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't remember. Also, like, how do bees die? When they, if I remember right, when they sting you, all of their organs get ripped out, right? That's why they die. Like, I always thought I it was... This, yeah, I, I, my, I, when I was thinking about it when reading the book, I did not look it up, is that the stinger is attached to a lot of the breast of the body. So yeah. when you get stung, the, the stinger is ripped out. It's basically yeah, when they, so it's like when they pull body, away, right? that's what kills them. They pull out their insides. It's, it's bee seppuku is what happens. Yeah, which is, which is strange because when you think about it, like, that poor bee probably teleported back in... To the body just as he was dying. Yeah, he just got that last moment of just pure horror. Oh. You know what they call that? What? Kamikabe. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> That's two, dumb. That's two. That's two. That's two. <laughs> Man, you gotta you gotta kill in here with these B suicide jokes. I do it for a living, guys. <laughs> I do it for a living. I yeah, I, I guess that just reset it. I, I kept thinking there was gonna be like a moment where Miss Carmen showed up at the last minute and said, like, I pulled some strings with my boss and I reset the program or or something right. just like to explain. She never it. appears again. He doesn't even go and go, we have to shut down this project. No, she skips uh, down. Corporate oh, government officials. Like we have to turn. We have to, we have oh, to yeah. stop this. This is bad. The really yeah, ridiculous so in the in the epilogue beyond the details, that's, which is really weird that he and Dirk are back in their bodies and friends, which no, fuck you. I'm never talking to that guy. Yeah, I'm going to Dirk. I'm going to kill him when I get my real body. Like I'm swapping bodies with him and doing a suicide. Yeah, <laughs> I, t- <laughs> <laughs> I guess you could. I guess you could just do it again and then just punch yourself over and over and over again. Like fight club. You know, he's going to get back in. It's really easy to Lord Derek. Cause he's got a shitty life, but their friends somehow bonded over this terrifying thing where they tried to kill. They tried to kill one another. Dirk tried right. to smash him and their friends. Right. But there's the really terrifying one that I thought was a really scary detail that they shouldn't relax on is so like during the time where he's, in his body, he like sees this redhead girl that he thinks is really cute, and she's going into the person-to-person vacation thing. And he's like, "I wonder if she's going to do it." And then later on, he goes, "I still talk to that redhead girl. I wonder if she right. ever. I hope she never does the body swap thing, or she already did." Ooh, what if she's like, "Oh man, what if she's someone that like? What if she's one of the bullies? One he's of the like bullies in love with one of the bullies? Now. Oh my god, what if the, the bully bullies. actually was in love with Gary, and he tried, found a way to go date him. Oh my god, that makes so much. And they have oh and they get god. married, and they have a life together, and then just like, holy the, shit! After like the ten year anniversary, he beats him up again. He's like, "I got gotcha. you, <laughs> I got, I got gotcha, you, you dumb gay guy." I'm like, what? What does that <laughs> mean? And he just like then leaves. Oh my god <laughs> She says that to him She says that to him <laughs> Like she punches him And then leaves And like She the, calls him a dumb gay guy He has no idea why <laughs> He has why. no idea why <laughs> Just leaves him with his child That she had with him <laughs> Just abandons him <laughs> And goes back to person to person Going I'm done Put me back <laughs> Um, I love that story I want that to be the story now <laughs> There's a lot of stories to tell With people swapping Here's here's an interesting thing. Dirk goes into Gary's body. Gary becomes an incredible skateboarder. Yes. <laughs> um, I guess due to Dirk's knowledge about skateboarding. Right. Um, and when Dirk leaves his body, Gary retains those skateboard skills. Yeah. He does. He ret- he also retains I think I think what happened was they all had a traumatic experience because at the end 
Gary loves to lick flowers. He loves to get his tongue up in a flower. Yeah. I think that the the experience was so traumatic that they all got a little piece of each other left behind. Well, it's it's almost like muscle memory, but still like hints of transformation. I was honestly surprised that it didn't go the goosebump standard route of like. So at the end, he's like, "I really like these flowers. I'm going to smell them." I thought for sure he was going to open his mouth and a, and bee, have like tongue, a bee tongue, yeah, would like would stick out. Like yeah, that, I don't. Kept that. I don't know why that didn't happen. That might like, have been. I, th- I, I was. I, th- I was like, is that eluded? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't. I don't see how this is like a weird ending. It was like they set it up to be like, isn't it weird? It's really just nice. It's like the nicest ending Goosebumps has ever had. It's either a nice ending or I kind of thought maybe it was it was being alluded to, like you're saying, Dom, that he might have a bee tongue. I, I that's what it should have. But it, it didn't. Like It just here. Yeah, it didn't say it. Just like it just like they didn't explain how everybody got back in their own bodies like that. That's missing information. And then like the oh, my God, can you believe it? At the end of the book that they set up, there's missing information there. So what happened? Well, I'm going to throw this out here. And I know this is like a cliche ending. Uh huh. I think Gary died. You think he's dead? You think it's just I, like I a- don't I don't buy the logic just because I mean, I think Miss Carmen is a very inconsistently weird character because she's very helpful to Gary in the beginning. She's like, by the way, they never charge them money. So what the fuck is this business? Yeah. What was that? I, I could not get over the business plan of this company. So like it's a free service, I guess, unless they bill you later. I don't know. So if upon, they do bill you yeah, later, completion, you, yeah. if, if they did, then it would be in her best interest to swap bodies back for him. But she doesn't seem interested, which is more of a like I took your money and ran situation. So right. I don't know. Like she her not helping at the end and it acting like it's so hard to swap people back. I, I think she would have just said, oh, just kill yourself. Like just run into a, a fire, you know, uh, a bug zapper and you'll reset. Yeah, that'll she fix did. it. Yeah. But she didn't, which makes me think. That either a that's never happened, or when Gary Gary dies when he stings Dirk, Dirk goes ow that hurt, and then he goes back to his rad life, uh, skateboarding in a in a nerdy kid's body, just hooking up with every girl in town. And Gary, honestly, everyone's better off with Gary not there. So <laughs> <laughs> there's one less. There's one. Well, there's a cool Dirk kid. Dirk uh-huh. is now a fun hippie boy who probably went on to like. Work like go to Harvard and had a great life. Everyone's like, he's a really yeah. gifted kid. He's just so good with plants. Right. We don't know what it is. He doesn't really talk, but he's so good with plants. He's great and, with plants. And Gary died in the yard as a bee as a cat ate him. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the real <laughs> ending. And this was his like heaven because it was too nice. It was too much like we're all friends and right. this girl likes me now and I can skateboard and boy oh boy I'm in bee heaven. Yeah, I think that sounds like a good ending. I think that's great. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's way better than what actually happened or supposedly happened. I, yeah, I, I don't know. It was such a strange thing for it to just deus ex machina without a deus ex machina. That's the, that was the crazy part. Uh, okay. So what, what is, what is the way to make the story better, Paul? So I thought, well, I mean, it's, I don't think it would work for a kid's book, but maybe you could get into it. I think it's cooler just to explore like the Machiavellian, like, yes. Uh, twist of jumping into people's bodies and yes, being able yes. to fuck their life up. You got you can just yes. do like a little bit of like hand that rocks the cradle type shit, you know, or uh, what's the what's that other one? Um, single white females shit, you know. Yes, I wanted. I thought there was something so unsettling about like the way they described Dirk as this like handsome, in shape, blonde haired kid with like a muscle shirt. Gary was real into his body, dude. Gary was really. Gary was checking out his body. I and it's also very sexual to be in other people's bodies, like. 
And yeah. let's be frank. If you jump into someone's body, you're checking out the dick like super fast, right? Like oh, you're yeah, doing without a doubt. You gotta be like, okay. well, how do I stack up? Yeah. How do I stack? I just want to know what I got. I'm checking out everything. I want to see the butt. I want to see everything, but I'm checking out. The, I'm checking out. But yeah, I think it's more terrifying to think that like Dirk jumps into Gary's body, and then after a week he checks in on him. And Dirk is using Gary's body to just murder. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Way too dark. But like, that would be like you turn. He's a serial killer. He jumps into the body. He's using it wrong. And like, he's clearly going to frame all of these on Gary. It's like the best. It's a serial killer's wet dream of getting all right. the like cathartic, uh, like emotional release of killing someone with none of the problem. Because as soon as you get arrested, you're just like, I want out. And you jump back and Gary goes to jail. Right. That's yeah, way like, or you kill Or you kill Gary. Or you kill Gary. Yeah, you close up all the loose ends, and then he just jumps into another person. Or like, oh, shit. All right, so just throw this out there. What if, like, so Dirk's going to kill Gary in this new book, right? In this dark version uh-huh. of what we're going to do. Yes. And he reveals that Dirk, I don't know how you you'd have to figure out the logic of it. Dirk reveals that he's been to that service, like, 20 uh-huh. times. Uh-huh. And he keeps <laughs> jumping bodies, and the other person dies, and the agency hasn't noticed, like, or whatever right. he's doing. Like, he's just jumping body to body. He's done it 20 times, and Gary's just next on the list. Right. Ooh. That's scarier. That's, That's way scary. scarier. That's scary. I do know. And, okay. there's, a, and there's a skull on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do know what this book, I think what R.L. Stein was trying to say with this book, though. What's that? So I think what R.L. Stein was trying to say was Gary lives a, a pretty shitty life. No one really likes Gary. He's, he's a he's nerdy. He's 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 uh, clumsy. Uh, so he dreams of being uh, someone better and someone more a more brilliant person like Dirk. And he switches to his body and accidentally gets sucked into the bee. And what happens is he becomes a a droid. Uh, or sorry, what happens is he becomes a drone. Uh, a yes. worker drone and he he, he dreams of, of just settling into society and he becomes a part of it and it it consumes him oh are you saying like they're it's a, the bees are a metaphor for normal human society uh-huh yeah that's what i think oh man that's and deep I, I, as dirk uh illustrates with gary's body if gary just had a little bit more uh initiative and uh, was uh, a little bit more uh, uh had had a little bit more self-confidence about himself he could charm the girls yeah punch the bullies in the face Mm -hmm. and uh do a cool skateboard trick yeah (laughs) you know the the, i think it was actually more to me it was the testament of skateboards and how cool they are because gary's had what 12 years of of smear campaigns against him people beat him up as soon as they see him like he (laughs) and and his parents do nothing about it gary even says at one point which i thought was great with very seriousness he just goes yeah my nine-year-old sister could probably beat me up like gary gary is a worm in in a a nerd worm like a a root for him but he's a worm just by being able to skateboard he seemingly has won over the entire town hey man that was the that was the beauty of the 90s man if you could skateboard if you could thrash you were you were the coolest dude that's what they used to say. If you could thrash, you can bash. <laughs> <laughs> Which means party, I guess. Yeah. Do, all right. Just one more time to clarify. What do we think the technology of the device is? Is it instantaneous transmission? Like, uh, what, do you, what, what else would it be? I don't, I just found it so crazy that like, it just instantly happens, but also across the, like across the town. Like I, I, what I thought was happening was Miss Carmen when she does the mind swap with the, the boy and the bee. It has to be instant, 
Right. Because that's, there's no way that she just leaves if she didn't mean for that to happen. Right. That means like your brain is bouncing all over town. And I'm not going to pull it out, but like if the signal of a bee nearby is enough to disrupt it, it's passing through like a couple dogs and like a <laughs> random mailman at some point on its way uh-huh. across. Right. They didn't even bring Dirk there for the swap. It just happened. Yeah. Like, they didn't happened have, remotely. Yeah. The PS4 yeah, why did, can't why, even download why did that he, well. Why did he need to be in person, but Dirk didn't? Yeah, that's what I was I, th- I thought at first she was going to go over to Dirk's house and then like, dr- like I think she, I thought she was going to put like your your mind in a container and then like drop him off. But no, it just happens. Do you know what? I think it says something that this is the story probably with the most plot holes out of any of the stories that we read. And yet I still think this is one of the more entertaining oh. goosebumps. Well, again, things happen <laughs> every chapter, at least like yeah. this, has, this has cliffhangers where like and then the bees attacked me and it's not like a fake out. No, he is like swarmed in bees. Like, right. it's a it's a thing or like I everything went dark as I plunged into the mind realm. Yeah, that's a cliffhanger. Like, that's an actual right. cliffhanger. Yeah, that would be cool. But, I, uh, I mean, thank God, Miss Carmen, Dr. Carmen, whatever her name was, is a good person <laughs> because <laughs> I mean, I could really see just any old person going. It's time to kill the children. <laughs> and then just like telephoning themselves across town, committing mass suicide. Yeah. Right. I, I thought it was interesting that they didn't go the route, which also have been scary of like Carmen understands she messed up, but then doesn't want anything to do about it. So she seems sorry. I thought they're going to go the route of Carmen going like, um, yeah, so I don't want to lose this job because it's like the best paying gig in town. So I'm going to kill you. Like, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to shut your brain off. It's better for me that. to just smash you like a bug and just wrap this up because I need to, you know, not get well, fired. Maybe that's what she was trying to do, trying to keep him in the uh, in the in the office. I guess the it's door weird that them. she was being like very, very passive to a bee. Like, it's like she was like, oh, I'm uh-huh. sorry, I got to get out of here. We'll talk later. Maybe I'll see what I can do. And so right. just well, crushing him. That's what's great is that she goes. Oh my god! Is this a prank? Oh my god! This is crazy! And then, and then he explains his situation when he when he first starts talking to her as a bee. Then he explains his situation, and she goes, "Huh? Well, I, yeah, you know, I, this has never happened. I, I guess there's nothing I can do for you. <laughs> like, it's just like it's just like so ho hum. It's uh-huh. like, hmm, well, um, yeah, better luck next time, kid. <laughs> uh, by the way, can I say that my favorite thing? Because before he talks to Carmen, he tries to get on the computer and type a message to Dirk. And it's my favorite thing uh, I've ever read. He goes, oh, yeah, 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 please yeah. do. So he's he's jumping from key to key, gasping for air. Man, this bee's having a real hard time pushing these keys. I honestly don't think it'd be that tough. So he leaves his message for Gary, and it says, floating up in front of the monitor, I struggled to read, but I had typed. I am not B. I am Gary. Hello, me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it really fooled me when, or it really threw me for a loop when it said, hello, me. And I was just like, wait, is he like, are there some like metaphysical like questions going on here or something <laughs> like that? It's surprisingly deep. It could be a, <laughs> like a Radiohead album cover. Yeah, yeah. He typed that whole thing out with his tiny bee body, too, man. And a, and a keyboard key is not that light. I, I guess. Am I just the one that's always bugged by this beat? This has happened in so many stories. I'm shrunk. I'm going to go to a keyboard or a typewriter and spell out a message. And they have right. the darndest time. I don't know. Has no one else learned, like, uh, float in type or float in peck? Like, it's, it uh-huh. should be easy. 
I'm looking at my well, keyboard right this, now. A B could push down on this. When the landscape no. is laid out before you, Chad, I think it's much more difficult. I guess. Can you know what a B weighs? Well, all right. Here's what I think he's doing. I think he's flying up like half a foot off the keyboard and then like Mario butt stomping back down. Right. Yeah. Okay, but yeah. It, yeah, I don't. But I still don't think that's enough force to push a key down for the weight of a B. I just don't think that's possible. Okay. All right. Okay. Other solution on a, on a '90s keyboard, Chad. Remember the '90s keyboards? Oh yeah, dude. Those remember things were clickety clackety. Only '90s kids will remember a keyboard like this. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess it just—it's in so many things. And I'm like, I—you could write like Chad, at least a couple sentences. Have you ever seen a picture of a '90s child's fingers versus a, a 2000 child's fingers? We, our fingers were jacked. Our fingers were like <laughs> our fingers were like Russian weightlifters. Like that's what our yeah. fingers looked like. Okay, and then nowadays sure. they look like emaciated little like toothpick fingers. We've gotten really kids. soft mm-hmm. with these new keyboards. You're right. I, yeah. I just think here, fingers. Here's what I think they should do. I think Ellen, probably Ellen, should do a TV show challenge where they build a giant keyboard. Okay. Like on yeah. her set, and they make moms dress up like bees. And try to type a message to their son and see if they can uh-huh. do it. I bet it's easier than you think. This sounds like we need to reboot Wild and Crazy Kids and just get oh, that going. Oh yeah, on. that sounds like a great prop for that kind of game. That's, that's one that like Mark Summers pitched on cocaine to Double Dare. <laughs> well, like, that actually is a Double Dare. Um, is it? Yeah, there's a there's a keyboard or it's a typewriter, and you have to step down on the keys, and then one of the keys will uh, bring the flag up. What? What do yeah. you have to type? Um, I for it's just one of the ra- one of the few keys Wait, that you can step on. Guys. And then later they turned it. I think in Double Dare two thousand they turned it into a keyboard, like a, a computer. Yeah. And uh, when you stepped on the correct key on the keyboard, it said you got flag. <laughs> wait, 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 guys! I'm just thinking about this. Don't question it too much. But I think every course in Nickelodeon's Double Dare. Was a training simulator for you being a tiny fly? Think about it. Holy fucking oh, the booger! Oh one. The booger when you had to fly up a guy's nose. Um, there's one when you, you had to, to fly through the ears. You had to fly the ears. The, you yeah. had to crawl through the ears, and then another one you had to like oh rummage around in a bunch of mucus to find a flag. And there's like Swim a giant, the giant pizza. There's a giant pizza. Swimming through the giant pool is when you fall into an accidental thimble that's been upside down that's got water mm-hmm. in it. Definitely. Oh, my there's, God. There's this, waffles, giant waffles. Mark uh-huh. Summers is trying to prepare teenagers to be a fly. Why, Mark Summers? What does Why? he know? What does he know that we don't know? You got this, uh, you got this uh, p- person vacation thing going on? You've been working on this, man? <laughs> Person-to-person vacation owned by Mark Summers. Come on in. Tell us the truth, you double damned (laughs) piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, hold on. I just want to see if Mark Summers is on Twitter. Uh, Yes, he is. That could be a good place to to drop it out. But if you would, I don't want to. I don't want to call for anyone. I don't want to call for. Let's not harass Mark Summers. But I think that over the next couple weeks, we should all ask Mark Summers. To tell the truth was Double Dare a human fly obstacle course. We need to know, you know Mark. What? We should just we should just open it up. Not a human fly obstacle course, but what what were you training children for? Because well, this was clearly a way to train children to do miniature something. Miniature children. I'd Answer say. us and tell the truth. All right. He, the, the conspiracy is he's trying to train miniature children. 
What is he trying to tell us now through Unwrapped is what I want to know. What is Unwrapped? Well, he's actually he's His actually not show. Unwrapped anymore. Oh, my God. Is it about giant food? If it's about giant they're food, actually, we're about to blow actually, this whole thing wide I open. Think they're, they're I actually think there's touring. something going on there. I believe they're, I believe oh they're doing a new Double Dare tour right now, actually. What if Mark Summers is a fly person? Holy <laughs> shit. Just think about it, though. I know that sounds crazy. Mark Summers doesn't have a lot of fly traits. He has no antenna. His, his wings are hidden if, he, if he's hiding those wings. What if he was a fly person during the 90s and then everybody thought he died because he did die, but then his body swapped, his body swapped back, and oh now he's the God. actual Mark Summers. He's seen the other side. Oh, okay. So, like, that means when he was hosting Double Dare, he was a fly in the body? Yes. And, and at one point, they're like, Mark Summers. All right, Mark Summers, we're planning Double Dare. What are the most dangerous things in the world? And he's like, a, a human nose. And a giant pizza, and <laughs> um, and there could be a fly swatter, and maybe like a big giant spider. And they're like, we can't do all of those, Mark, but we can do some of those. They're getting like, progressively weirder, Mark. And I think and, we want to stick with just the nose. And then he vomits on the table and reeats it because I think that's what flies do. <laughs> I have to. I have to just say this. When's the last time you've seen Harvey? When's the last time you've <laughs> seen Robin? Who? Who's Harvey? Harvey is his is his announcer. Oh my god, you're right. Doubled. Do you think he where, fucking where is Harvey? He? Do you think he was in a three-way swap with Harvey, dude? <laughs> dude, <laughs> Harvey, or, or Harvey? I'm or looking or up Robin, Harvey dude. right now, and I guarantee you this guy is definitely a fly. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize this is like a guy whose dad who like runs uh, uh, like a, a Boy Scout troop. Hold on, I'm looking up Harvey Double Dare real quick. Double Dare Harvey. This guy was a co-host. Yeah, dude, he was actually a radio DJ on Oldies 98.1. Yes, he definitely was an Oldies DJ. Holy this shit. makes perfect sense. Harvey is from Philadelphia? Oh, yeah, Harvey my. Holiday. They produced, they produced the first episodes of Double Dare in Philadelphia. Oh, across shit. The, the, we got to get an interview with him. We got to talk to him about this fly thing. Where's he living I now? Think we can, oh. I think we can wrangle that. All right, hold on. Let's see. Harvey, Harvey Double Dare Twitter. No, he doesn't have a Twitter, no. <laughs> Why do you think he has a Twitter? People have questions no, all the time. No, not Harvey. Not Harvey, no. He's an announcer, but his announcing days are over. Yeah, okay. he said he's 25 years out of the industry. He's done. Okay, fine, fine. I'm just saying, we need to talk to Mark Summers right now. I'm going to say, uh, yo, Mark, come clean. Is the Double Dare set a human test course for being a fly? No, no, sorry, a miniature fly person training set and we'll just leave a couple of old raisins out and see how he reacts to that <laughs> a couple of raisins <laughs> like he just if he's, saying, a, if he's a fly he's saying, gonna latch right onto that old raisin the images of raisins he'll look at it on twitter and go buzz 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 i gotta i gotta check this thing out <laughs> he'll try and fucking latch onto it dude he'll want to suck off all that sugar that's hanging out on that man oh man i got some plump raisin that sugar right here that that sweet sugar I'm I've got to say I'm really looking uh, forward to being blocked by Mark Summers in about five minutes. <laughs> Did you actually tweet it? I'm tweeting it right now. I got to get these raisins. I gotta get these, I'm getting a nice assortment of both um, green and red raisins. I think that'll like the green will really, really lure Yeah, I think that'll really draw his fly mind. Yeah, we I don't know what color spectrum he sees in, so God, definitely put both there. Yeah, he might see he might see all spectrums. He might be the most powerful man in the world now. <laughs> 
You know, that's one thing that I thought the book didn't really touch on is uh, all the different spectrums that bees can see. Yeah. He, he talks about it for a split second. He actually talks yeah, for about, a second. He talks about how it's really impossible for them to focus on, anyth- on anything, and then he spends the entire book focusing on single objects constantly. And I'm like, didn't you just say that you couldn't? Uh, you know what? I don't know the bee science. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> until we go in, until we talk to Mark Summers, we're not going to know what it's like. Right. Uh, how many bumps out of 10 does uh, Why I'm Afraid of Bees get? Um, I think this gets uh, 8 out of 10 bee sting bumps. Yeah, hmm, I'm going okay. to give this uh, 9 real lumpy bumps. Yeah, uh, You know, guys, I got to go ahead and say that uh, it, I did enjoy the book gonna go ahead and give it six bumps that's six that's bumps. fair you're always the harshest of us all well i mean <laughs> I, there, there have been more exciting books it, a lot of the same things happen in this no book. this is true i think i just liked it because things like more exciting things happen in goosebump books but it's after like 30 chapters of just i think i saw something uh, sure uh, true you know what we're gonna bump oh just got us just got a seventh bump oh seventh just bump. got a seventh bump. I think the math is that's an eight average bump. That's an eight bump right now. It's an eight bump. Oh, my God. This is some high standards. RL, good work. Good, hey, good RL. Work. Keep on writing, man. Keep on writing. Should we um, keep on we, bumping? Are, but, and by the way, I want to say on our subreddit, I'm pulling it up right now, my computer. I got to get a new computer. I'm gonna there, was a gr- there was a great post on the subreddit. Yes. Um, the one kid talked about getting kid laid, and I thought that was pretty funny. It was uh, Banjo's story was like the only thing i remembered about this book was thinking that the world would probably have been better if dirk had just stayed in gary's body forever and gary just went away uh like his family liked dirk more and he got all kid laid all the time <laughs> kid laid is a great a great terrible phrase it's probably illegal to say but i love yep. it yep he's right though dirk was was a way better gary than gary ever was uh yeah most of the comments on our subreddit for this episode were that gary should have stayed dead yeah, and life was better without him. Uh, uh, Eureka, Eureka sixty had a he. His was a very literate comment where he dropped name dropped Dostoevsky and Franz Kafka <laughs> right. in his comment. Well, yeah, I like what he says. I think the real horror is Dirk's family coming to grips with their son who has suddenly gained the brain function of a bee. This is a story of tragedy and confusion, a Kafka's <laughs> nightmare, but like opposite, like if it was a beetle turning into an Eastern European. I love it's it. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. That that story uh, but- is great. Uh, that, that just reminded me this 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 B discussion just reminded me one point I did want to bring up about the book and that yes. is right after he types the message he's standing on the computer and he's watching um, Dirk in his Gary body yeah um, he gets up out of bed and he puts on pa- pants mm-hmm. and I thought that was really gross that Dirk is just laying around in Gary's underwear in Gary's body that's great it's real weird. Gross. I mean, Dirk, weird, Dirk right? is luxuriating in Gary's life, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and not to be that guy, but I just feel like this needs to be asked. You teleported to someone's body. Let's say mm. this, these are not teen kids. These are people our own age in our, yeah. in our 20s. How soon, if at all, do you jerk it? Well, that's the thing. Like, I think you immediately, immediately you're like checking it out like we talked about. Oh, but you check it out that, to that level. But to, to jerk off, I don't know, man. It feels weird, right? I think Doesn't it feel really I, weird? Yeah. I think it's like house in, man. You don't do it in somebody yeah, you're like, else's you're like house. A, you're like at a B&B, right. and this would be like wiping your butt on the carpet. You don't do that. Right. No. I, right, it well, says question. a lot. Of, this is a good like personality test to see what someone's like. Because like you said, Dom, the person that, that is laying in, in your underwear and just hanging out in your house like that, 
is the person that just like rips a nasty fart as soon as they come into your house and then just starts eating all your food. Well, that's interesting too, is like, if you teleport into the other person's body, I know how people are like, you're more comfortable with your own, you know, smells and BO. That's Mm. how most people are. Would you be cool now in the new person's BO? I don't think so. I think you would like, I think I would immediately want to change like clothes and that's crazy as it is because I would feel like my BO and body sweat and everything would be different than the other person in that same yeah. body's BO and body sweat, yeah. which is crazy. No, it's totally true. I would want to. I would want to shower. Uh, I'd probably scour my skin. Well, that'd be the really horrifying thing, right? Is like you wouldn't ever be able to get used to it because you. If you're keeping your brain, theoretically, you're used to your smell. Sorry, this is super gross. But like this, I feel like this is real biological science, right? Like, yeah. you're used to your pheromones and everything. So sure. you, would, you would constantly be surrounded by something that to you is not natural. Right. That's so interesting. So you would be smelling somebody else's breath, pits, farts, oh. and shit oh. all day. This is a uh. real gross idea. This is Excuse a ha- me, if you just heard a little beep, that was my uh, Tamagotchi going to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> You're tucking it away into dreamland. It was listening, yeah. but it heard that, and I was like, mm, too gross for me, I'm out. Yeah, it was, it was. It's sleeping next to a piece of poop, actually. <laughs> I didn't but get to clean it but up. But it's its own poop, so. Yeah, it's its own poop, so it would be okay with that. It's yeah. own poop. Uh, guys, any final thoughts on this book? I feel like we covered it pretty well. I think, I think we covered it yeah, all, man. I, la- I laid all my thoughts out there. Uh, I, w- I do want to call out one more thing from the subreddit before I forget. Also, that Mara Kim Ayla's great point was the story would have been more interesting if it had followed the bee in Dirk's body trying to do the math exam. Dude, I just Dude, wanted to yeah. see. I wanted to see B Dirk. I wanted yeah. to see what was going on with him. That's that should be like the spinoff sequel that we never got to have. B Dirk. Maybe there yeah, is. Like, what was he? What was he doing as like? His, like life faded from his eyes and re- returned <laughs> as the real Dirk came back. Well. <laughs> You know, in some ways, Gary, too, is probably a real grown individual because he experienced death. Like, he's, as far as we know, the only person other than, like, Rachel Ghoul to right. experience death and still live to tell about it other than people from Flatliners and Rachel Ghoul. Well, he passed through it and it, it touched him, you know? Like, I <sighs> think uh, I think you see that in, in, in Gary in the end of it when he's smelling those flowers. That's, he's just like, I've, I've seen the other side and I need to stop every now and then. That's, that's what he should have said as he smelled the flowers. Like, I just like to smell the flowers because you know what? I saw the other side and there's nothing there. Have a good book, everybody. Have a good, have a good end of the book. It's, it's beautiful. beautiful. <laughs> it's just darkness. There's nothing there. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, guys, uh, thanks so much for listening. Other than coming to our subreddit, if you want to support the show, you can leave a nice review on iTunes. Uh, Please do. Other people discover the show. Leave a nice little five star. Bumps up us up on the iTunes ratings. Uh, I assume people who work at Apple listen to every podcast, so it's nice for that too. Uh, well, uh, well, well. Apparently, you're not. I think that's like one of the rules is that you're not allowed to ask for a positive rating. So what you just what? did was illegal. We've done Jack. this every time. <laughs> We've done this every time. Fine. You know what? I'm going to say, leave whatever review you feel like. But you know huh, the chat I know the chat I know would never ask for a positive no. positive review. I think this is B Chad we're talking to right whoa. now. Oh, whoa! No, no, are I, you B Chad, dude? No, I am a human. I am a human. <laughs> you better watch out! I'm gonna fucking stab you. What do you think? Uh, what oh, do you think totally. of flowers, Chad? Um, I like I like most flowers. 
But there was one that had a spider on it, and I was not a fan. I was not a fan. Okay, he's not a bee. That sounds like something. That sounds like something. That's a real normal Chad thing to say. I would say. (laughs) Uh, But besides leaving any review on iTunes, we have some nice ones we'd like to read. Uh, This review is titled Love Listening to Goosebuzz with My Bud. Five stars by Donna DeMarie. I introduced Goosebuzz to my friend who has now fallen in love with it as much as I. Each new episode has us quoting lines for weeks and every re-listening gets fresh laughs from us. Thank you, Paul, Dom, and Chad for making such a wonderful show smile emoticon oh that's so Aww, nice. thanks Donna. i am a little worried about what you're re-saying from this show in public but <laughs> i'm glad that you are <laughs> uh, i'll read um, one from dr steve brule it says beast from the east it says great show i remember so much from these books please do beast from the east tag you're it so oh, uh, yeah. uh, that'll come that will happen Oh, Beast from the East will happen for sure. Uh, I forgot that their whole game was tag. I forgot how that works. I think you die or you just lose tag. I'm scared of that <laughs> book now. We will never read it. Yeah, now, now I'm too freaked out. Uh, and I got a review from, <laughs> okay, a mummy-themed serial killer, which is disconcerting. <laughs> uh, and they say, the Goose Buds are all right. Five stars. The question what do Collins, eugenics, cream pies, <laughs> hunting actual naked women in the woods with paintball gun fetishes, pickup artists, and human dummy internet erotica all have in common? God, I forgot about all those things we talked about. Yep. <laughs> the answer, a children's horror book series. To be more exact, Goosebumps, written by RL, real life, really love, hallway player sign, and his <laughs> oh probable army of uncredited, literal ghost writers. To be more and more exact, Goosebuds, the might as well be official at this point podcast of the series presented by the sexiest trio since destiny's child paul desires richie chad ballpark mm-hmm. frank quant and dominic <laughs> 911 moschini <laughs> with their powers combined they analyze and discuss this infamous titan of children's lit one anticlimactic cliffhanger at a time while also putting it and the author affectionately on blast with their patented rl slams <laughs> all with hilarious results listener beware you're in for a uh, uh, good bud time that's great. I, I that by nice. the way, that is the closest we've had to a like catchphrase is Dom's good bud time. Have a good bud time. Yeah. Have a good bud time. Wait, well, we also I, I think forgot that's just about RL slams, which now we have to use way more. Oh, I can't yeah, yeah. We haven't been I think, saying that. I think we've been doing them without even calling them, but the RL slams have been coming in real hot. They're, yeah, they're <laughs> every, every episode is us being like, RL, you piece of shit. You <laughs> <laughs> piece of shit. You piece of shit. You wrote a book. And then simultaneously <laughs> hoping that he'll ever listen to this and talk to us. Well, yep. the one time he replied and was like, cool, I'll check it out to someone recommending it to him. I was like real upset. I was like, oh, no, is he going to? I feel bad. I don't want him. I don't want him to I, get his feelings hurt. I worry hurt. about what episode he listened to first. It probably was one about the culling. Yeah. Was it was it about cullings, eugenics, cream pies, <laughs> hunting <laughs> actual naked women in the wood with paintball gun fetishes, pickup artists and human slash dummy Internet erotic (laughs) i want to point out that uh people have been mentioning that rl has written new books guys uh including a new horror one that just came out that we might need to check out we're probably gonna have to get on that at some point yeah we're gonna do some special episodes or something did did Uh, you see that this uh, a person from are you afraid of the dark started a children's horror series what yeah it's one of the writers from are you afraid of the dark started just started like the first one just came out recently oh that is interesting i'd love to know what that 
turns into. That could be good or could bad. Could be good. Uh, we, we, missed a, we missed a comment. I wanted to read it. Um, oh, Aaron please. J. Cole wrote, uh, Familial Restoration. He said, I was never allowed to read Goosebumps as a kid because my mom said they would be too scary, and for a while I resented her because of it. After listening to this show, I, ne- I now realize that by some twist of fate, I was saved from a multitude of sins and propelled into actually good books. Thanks, Goosebuds, for helping me to love my mom again. <laughs> Today we're bringing families back together here. That's a pretty, that's a pretty good one. Um, yeah, those reviews are great. Thank you for doing that. Listen, if you feel like going on iTunes, leaving any review you want, that's your freedom. Buzz, buzz, buzz. Yes, yes, yes. Not violating any rules. He's definitely a B. And and of course, make sure you check out our subreddit, reddit.com slash r slash goosebuds. We love hearing all your guys' comments. A nice little group in there of terrible people. (laughs) Wow. <laughs> I meant that in the most affectionate way. Hey, they just got RL Slam, baby, which is the best thing that can happen on this show to you. Oh, my baby, 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 baby. Uh, guys, I, I just need a, I just need a sound effect of like someone dunking and then somebody yelling "dunk it." <laughs> That's an right. after an RL Slam. We'll start. We need someone to take a sound effect of him from the Goosebumps TV show and combine it with like an air siren. Please do. Uh, we'll work on that, uh, guys. Any other parting words before we leave? Uh, Planet of the Apes is a pretty good movie, guys. I watched it last <laughs> night. Check it out. If you you know the twist, but check it out, guys. It's great. Is that the fourth one? No, the first, the first one. Oh, it's the first one. It's a dumb question. The very, the very first film. Uh, not the Mark Wahlberg one. No, the very mm. the original. The original. Charlton Charlton Heston. Does Charlton Heston like get a an ape wife? I forgot. Mm, uh, no, but um, but he watch thinks, it. He thinks to find about out. it. Yeah, he thinks about it, right? There's like there's like a sexy ape. Uh, maybe. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta watch it to check. I don't want to give it away. Okay, okay, fine. Maybe maybe Charlton Heston makes out with an ape. You'll have to tune in to find out. And on that note, we'll leave with our now soon to be new tradition, Rufio. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> We need to Rufio out, guys. Come on, I'm waiting for no, you guys I to get into it. Rufio, no, come on. I just really like Paul only saying Rufio by himself. I just <laughs> into silence. There's no way it's better than that. I End it with that. I'm just leaving it with that. Do, we gotta, Paul, go ahead and do it about one more time, dude. What do, what do you want me to do? Just do the same thing. All right, we're going to go out with our new tradition, guys. So uh, everyone with me, ready? Uh-huh. Rufio. Yep, you nailed it. <laughs> it was great. It was good. It was real good. Don't <laughs> Thanks for the support, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Guys, okay. thanks for thanks for listening and coming by. We love you all. Bye. Bye bye. <laughs>